Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And we've got a great lineup for you today. Um, first, let me say hi to Mr. Benny. Hi, Benny. What's up? How are you? I'm good. <laughs> how you hitting him? Uh, all right. I'm teaching the boys how to hit. That's gonna, I'm, I'm pushing along are my you, legacy. Are you doing well, that? Sure. I was just going to ask you if you still played anymore, but... I'd like to. Uh, it's you know I'm I'm there for them now. You know the children are our future, so we yes, want to you know, so we want to do what we can. Uh, yep. And then when they get a little bit older, and then dad has a little more free time, maybe I'll get back into it. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know uh, I had to change sports. I still play with the ball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but it's a little teeny one instead of a softball. That, That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, th- those days I would say are pretty much transitioned into a faster sport. There are video game versions too. If you there remember, are video like, game whistle. versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So if you want to see me start to go to sleep and snooze, just give me a video game. <laughs> That's the attention span I have. Very good. Um, but you know, it's really kind of cool because one of the things I think we learned, and you and I both have learned this over time, is that we have to take good care of ourselves, take mm-hmm. good care of our bodies. And I learned this the hard way. Um, As many of you have heard, you know, when you come down with a mystery disease like uh, that happened to me six months after I started the show, uh, you start to look at your life. And if you're fortunate enough, as I've been, you meet somebody, Dr. Nusheen Darvish, who we're actually going to celebrate on Friday, uh, the opening of the first Ivy Bar in Washington State. But you learn about things that a girl from the Bronx like I am could not even imagine learning. So when somebody says plant-based medicine, sacred garden spaces, daily practices to achieve happiness and well-being, I can now talk about that from the perspective of real life learning experience. But if you're Jesse, Jesse Bloom, you are somebody that lives 24-7 in this world of how to relate to our plants, to the earth, to the essence of who we are and who we've become. And how do we create those sacred spaces Spaces that both engage us in the energy and the vibrancy of living essence of plants and then learn from that to not only transition your gardens or your ecological landscapes, but to transition your life. Today, 
we get to talk with Jesse about that journey, about the lives that she's created, and about the essence of who she's become. Jesse, it's great to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be on your show. Okay. So look, you're an award-winning uh, ecological landscaper, designer, professional horticulturist. You know, I could go on about it. <laughs> I got to ask you, though. I often think about who do I want to be when I grow up? And after reading what you do, I'm like, I want to be you. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, I have a sense that you had to work really hard to get here. So tell me what your journey's been like and what challenges did you face? What obstacles oh. did you have to overcome <clears throat> to land you right here? Oh, wow. It's a, it's a long story, so I'll try to keep it brief. But, no, tell um, me. Tell me. We <laughs> like stories. I, I got into this, I think, at birth. I mean, my last name's Bloom. It was kind of meant to be. Um, I grew up in an age where there was no cell phones, there was no digital anything, really. TV was kind of it before even video games. And I spent all my time outside I could, and built relationships with the outdoors. Um, grew up in the Northwest where my family took me fishing, foraging for shellfish in the, in the Puget Sound. And I didn't have this experience where I didn't know any difference um, until I was about um, in middle school, which, you know, those formative years can be tough as it is, but we moved to Bellevue, Washington after living in a rural life. Um, Bellevue is very different where there wasn't farms, there wasn't a lot of natural spaces, and I kind of had culture shock because I, I learned that people's values were different. And um, I decided to go to school for animals and horticulture uh, because I cared so much and wanted to learn about how to be a better steward of um, organisms outside of humans and was shocked at what I learned uh, in how we treat both. And so in the plant care world, um, we domesticate landscapes and we poison them and control them by butchering plants. We do all these things that to me just seemed really backwards uh, compared to how I grew up and lived in such a natural environment. And, you know, I would pick salmon berries as a young child and there was, like, no one in the forest trying to manage them. Um, everything just worked very naturally. So my journey began from that perspective of being a young kid and wanting to really embody and take that love of ecology forward into the professional world. My, my first jobs were uh, hard on me because I was a young woman in a very male-dominated industry, uh, dealt with a lot of uh, criticism. Of a lot of things I don't even really want to talk about at this point, but had to work through um, as a young woman and decided to start my own business because I couldn't find any other ethical businesses out there to work <laughs> for. They all wanted me to spray chemicals. Uh, they all wanted me to mistreat plants. And, and even our clients, uh, there were some really harsh environments that I was asked to participate in that didn't feel good. So I started my business uh, 19 years ago. And... Through the period of 19 years, I had two children. I got married. I got divorced. I uh, had fluctuations with different sizes of staff and um, employees. Most of my biggest struggles um, were not with the work, per se, because I've always loved it, but more of interacting with people. And 
And I was diagnosed about seven years ago with PTSD <clears throat> and really struggling through a lot of symptoms that yeah. I saw other people struggling with as well. Maybe they didn't have the same diagnosis as me, but I saw most people that I came across suffered from anxiety or depression or you know, things that um, were affecting us on the daily just for living in a stressful world. And that's when my career took a turn. I, I wrote a couple books at that point um, about design, ecological design, and I wanted to really understand people. So my career shifted into learning about psychology, learning about uh, spirituality and different belief systems that people um, embody, and studying herbalism and really looking at plants, not just as a beautiful backdrop that you could put in your garden, but how do we actually relate to plants from a medicinal way or a spiritual way. And I was really focused and um, centered around finding plants that do emotional healing and <clears throat> having them be allies to me in my life, but then wanting to teach that as well. And so long story short, uh, my career has taken a lot of paths. <laughs> I've had a lot of ups and downs and uh, faced a lot of major trauma that um, I think a lot of us face in one way or another, just for being alive in this day and age. But I found my way through it in creating sanctuary. And what I had realized was I was doing it for everybody else in my business, but I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself. And like you described earlier, I went through a similar experience where I was very ill. I was uh, misdiagnosed. I was run through CAT scans and MRIs and all kinds of really invasive uh, medical procedures to try to figure out what was going on with me. And had a lot of illnesses. And once I got to the point of, like, I need to really change my life, um, that's when I knew I had to, to really focus on myself and create sanctuary for myself and not just focus on other people. So, mm. You know, and I've, that's why I asked you that question. Because, you know, after reading your book and really sort of becoming a mini student of you, your journey, what you're created, you know, I know that it's hard to explain to folks sometimes that sometimes, you know, the darkest night of our lives can can open up a doorway, just even if a sliver, to allow for the absolute potentiality of almost like a supernova of brightness for what we can create. And, you know, my, and, and, and that's why I ask you that question because I I've really observed and looked and energetically leaned in to what you've created. And some of the most interesting things about you uh, are not what you find in a book or not what you find on a website, but it's so important for, for folks and for our listeners to really understand that you are like they are, you know, mm -hmm. I am like they are, we have our challenges, but what is it about us that helps us rise up? And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Uh, Jesse's book is fabulous, fabulous. And that's why I asked Jesse, I asked you that question. When we come back, I'm going to take a quote right out of her book and we're going to start right there. It's a quote that, uh, that, that you have in the book from Joseph Campbell. And this is the quote, your sacred space is where you can find yourself again and again. And I could hear Joseph Campbell saying it kind of like this. Your sacred space is where 
you can find yourself again and again. I could almost hear him say that. But what does that actually mean? And why did that quote set the stage for what Jesse has created for all of us to adapt and implement in our lives? Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Pat. Please write this date down. Friday, April 26th from 3 to 7 p.m., the grand opening of Holistique IV Lounge brought to you by Dr. Darvish and the team. Join us for an afternoon of celebration, special guests, raffle baskets. And by the way, your B12 shot or maybe your acupuncture treatment, maybe some reflexology, call 425-451-0404 and RSVP. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Learn and explore fascinating and practical uses of essential oils, how to use them, and how they can enhance your everyday life. The Oil Lounge was founded by three remarkable women with fascinating stories about how essential oils changed their lives. Tina and Laura from The Karmic Path have joined forces to educate the masses in the benefits of Young Living Essential Oils. For more information, visit theoillounge.com. Are you feeling stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a healthy relationship filled with inspiration? You might just be on the verge, on the verge of attracting your soulmate. Tune in each month to The Laura Richer Show, where dating coach Laura Richer share tools for using your dating breakdown for a relationship breakthrough. For more information, visit richerhealinghypnosis.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, I, I want to just tell you that uh, I don't actually know if we have any copies of this book to give away because I don't see any notes on that. And Linda's on a plane on her way coming here. But this book, Creating Sanctuary by Jesse Bloom, it's not the only book Jesse has written. But what I want to say, it, it is one of those books that if you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show or Transformation Talk Radio, it's one of those books that every once in a while comes across my desk and I start to read it 
and I get to know probably more intuitively about the author than the author actually wants me to know, but more importantly, about the gifts, the talents, and the blessings that we now need more than ever in expression of creating sanctuary and honoring the earth. And what I love about, Jesse, what you've done in this is that, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't know if we should thank Donna Gould or who we should thank, Mm -hmm. but thank you. Hello, sister, for putting images and pictures in the book. I got to thank you for that. (laughs) I've got to thank you because many of us want to create these things And without seeing what you're talking about, we cannot. So I want to go back to the quote I read. But before I do, how can people get a copy of the book? How can they hear you speak, learn about you, podcast, contact, hire you, (laughs) all of that? Well, there's lots of ways. Um, I have two websites. One is for my business where I help people create sanctuaries and work on their landscapes. nwbloom.com, so Northwest Bloom. And my business um, also, we've, I've separated my author and speaking gigs into another website, jessiebloom.com, J-E-S-S-I, bloom.com, like what flowers do. Um, I speak all over the country. I actually have a few local ones in um, Seattle coming up soon, ones at the East West Bookstore. Um, it's actually in, I think, about a week. But you can find all the listings there and on my Facebook page or Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty active on that. Um, the yes, books you are. are sold, yeah. <laughs> the books are sold um, anywhere where major, any retailers or uh, where books are sold and on my website, thejessiebloom.com, where you can order them directly from me. Okay. So I want to just tell everybody, you know, I'm not kidding when I say that I'm very appreciative of Jesse and the publisher for allowing her to put as many images in this book that are in here. Because once you guys look at it, you'll see what I mean. The other thing I love is to discover you're like in our backyard. We've been doing this show 15 years here out of the greater (laughs) Seattle area, Pacific Northwest. But also um, we started Transformation Talk Radio in 2008 and nine. And here's what I love about this. Had I not gotten sick, kind of like you, had I not been depressed most of my life, My mother committed suicide, and so there's a lot of that. I, too, would not have gotten relief if I didn't discover, you know, the pathway and the journey um, and what it's like to be told you. And I'm kind of like you. I've had every test in the book like five times. Mm -hmm. And yet the only way that I got well was for the angel lady to tell me that I needed to find a doctor that administered T3 And I found Dr. Nusheen Darvish back when she was first starting out in 05, and she saved my life. But that's when I was first introduced to what we're about to talk about today. I never thought in a million years, a girl like me from the projects of the Bronx would be talking to a girl like you uh, about creating sanctuary and space. So let's get back to that quote by Joseph Campbell because you lead off with that. In your perspective, history, and what you've discovered, what is the gift and the beauty of creating sanctuary? 
Well, I think that we're we're meant to be here in sanctuary, and that's a part of being human. Uh, if we go back 300, 400 years, um, times were a lot different, and we had intimate experiences with our environments, our, our natural surroundings, and <clears throat> it's such an innate human experience. Um, that we've gotten so far away from uh, as a species. Um, we see destruction and, and ramifications from that disconnection all the time. And so the the beauty of it is it's natural for us to have these relationships with plants and animals and insects and, and everything um, that we're meant to be a part of in an ecosystem. And if we get back in touch with that, we can really find ourselves. We can um, be true to ourselves. We can take good care of ourselves. Like, like no, no culture in today's world um, can take care of us through consumerism and all the products that are out there to sell us wellness. And um, really we just need to get back to our roots and creating sanctuary um, is, is really how to get there and, and detox from modern life and, find our place in the ecosystem that we were born into. You know, in your world, in your day, I, I often think about what it is that I want to interview and ask people, right? Because 15 years, I am a student. I am a student. You know, some people have called me a teacher, but I am really a student. And my questions come from the place of just absolute awe. And I want to ask you, in the years you have been doing this, and then we're going to get to some very specifics. In the years that you've been doing this, has the message changed for you? Or better yet, has what the world needs to be called forth changed for you? Yes, um... I've actually, I feel like there's quite a bit of evolution throughout my life in understanding um, what needs to be called forth. And and a lot of it was initially environmental awareness, um, just people waking up to their surroundings and and those relationships. Um, But I think it's really evolved to waking up to ourselves. Um, And a big part of the world and the state we're in right now with climate change and all the things that are, are negative in this world um, is really, I think, the reflection of how we treat ourselves and how we treat each other as humans. Mm. And so looking at that deeply um, and understanding trauma uh, has been a, an evolution for me in moving away from the environmental awareness and impact that we have into um, how we treat ourselves, really the starting point. Wow. You know, I want to ask you a couple of, uh, of questions because then we're going to come, we're going to go to break. And then when we come back, I'm going to actually skip the last break because I want to dig deep into this. So the, here's the irony, kind of funny. Want to, want to laugh a little bit? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So look, I, I was born in the Bronx, right? Everything is cement. You know, my dad, what my dad did when we actually had a home was we had this backyard that had grass. He poured cement in the entire backyard. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this is where, you know, (laughs) this is me. All right. But there's been the evolution of me. 
And so the evolution of me, I've tried to understand, especially in the Pacific Northwest, how to grow things. But I'm from New Jersey, too. I'm from the Garden State. So I learned in the Garden State. I, I'll tell you, I know how to grow stuff in New Jersey. But I've gotten a little bit of information, and it makes my friends laugh. So the other day, um, where I live, my buddies uh, took me in pretty much. They took me in a couple years ago when I was so sick. I was looking at a wheelchair, and I haven't left here in their beautiful home apartment. But somebody came in, and they planted a bunch of things, right? And in the yard, there are places in the yard that has a lot, a lot of sun and places that don't. And I hadn't really read your book, so I think I may have made a mistake. But what <laughs> I blurted out of my mouth, right, because I learned, and we'll talk about this when we come back, is I, I was struck by how a landscaper, let's just call it that, they're not you, why would anybody plant these ferny things that like shade and water in the brightest part of the yard possible, like <laughs> 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And so I am also a quadruple Sagittarius. So sometimes I open my mouth and boom, there it is. So <laughs> I blurt out this, oh my God, like these ferns are in like the sunniest part of the yard, which like when you guys are away, I water and I can't keep anything alive. And I'm like, I don't understand. We, we should dig them up. And you can almost hear the shock of that suggestion. Because <laughs> what I didn't think about was, is it all about that? Or is there something more sacred in the way this looks and it's configured? And they clearly transformed what I am looking at right now today into something beautiful sanctuary. But my focus went to this poor plant that I am going to personally make sure it gets enough water. And so when we come back, I want to talk about the relationship between plant and man and womankind and what they give us medicinally, energetically, and even fasten your seatbelts, folks, mentally. That's why Jesse's here. I'm glad I don't have to do any talking when we come back. Yep, Benny, let's take us to a break. We'll be right back. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving, even in the face of adversity. Say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. What are the Planet Pods and Planet Filter Self-Care Alchemy Essences? Our high vibrational essential oils and body butter contain living energies of specialty herbs and essential oils. All our products are created using the energies of nature. 
Made from flowers and herbs, each blend is then programmed using crystals, sound, color, sacred geometry, and other energies found in nature. Our products have a delicate aroma, and more importantly, they contain the vibrational signature of plants and other energy forms for optimal healing. Check out planetapothecary.shop to add these to your family's self-care and well-being. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death? From debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Radio. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasic each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit usa.theknowledgebook.net. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. I, I want to just, if you just tune in, I want to just tell you, I, I have something in my possession, which could be a little bit dangerous for where I live and my friends here. Um, Jesse Bloom has written, I think, probably for me, one of the most inspirational books on sacred garden spaces, plants-based medicine, and what it means to create sanctuary. And, you know, I've been doing this 15 years, and so I've gotten a lot of books. But, Jesse, when I look at this and I look at the approach you've taken, which is both educational as well as creative as well as spiritual. So I'm really struck by how you put this together. Um, and what I mean by that is I, I go to a page and, and you think you're looking at a garden and you see this beautiful stones and crystals, um, this beautiful, beautiful structure that you've created for a garden and these beautiful red, you know, rose quartz on it. And I'm just thinking, I can do that. I've got things I can do that with. And so there's so much here. So can we take a moment, if you don't mind, before we get into more detail of how can people get the book? How can they find out where you're going to speak? Uh, and how can they, uh, you know, look, who doesn't want a garden like this? How can they hire you? <laughs> yeah, so my website, um, I have two of them, northwestbloomnwbloom.com is my company where I do consulting design and we have a full construction um, team. We can do um, any type of ecological landscape services that anybody wants in the Puget Sound area. Um, my speaking in my books is on a different website, jessiebloom.com, and my name is spelled with the J-E-S-S-I-B-L-O-O-M.com. Uh, and I do a lot of speaking events around the country. The most current local one here in Seattle is at East West Bookstore next week. 
And um, you can find most of those. The most up-to-date calendar is probably my Facebook page, Jesse Bloom Author, where um, we list a lot of events. And we have a farm in Redmond that we sell plants and um, grow food and medicine for people of um, all walks of life. So there's a lot going on, and you can follow me on one of those pages or Instagram. It's probably where I'm most active uh, to see what, what I'm up to. Thank you. And uh, I, there's so much I want to talk about, but I want to just tell everybody, not only does Jesse take us on a journey to look at what's possible to create the sanctuary, but she, you know, you also are educating us about color. For example, I was really struck by uh, turning to one of the early pages in the book and I'm thinking, wait a minute, white is purity, cleanliness and hope. Do I have any white out there? <laughs> and then I realized, okay, newsflash, so I went and I'm getting ready to create my little flower pot garden thing that I do here. And I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, holy, you know what? I got an entire tray of something that's all purple. And so then I'm looking at this and I'm saying, the good news is the geraniums are different colors. But we also don't really understand the blending, the integration, and the harmony of all of the senses. Can you talk about how important that has become for you and why that is important in creating what you're creating, including looking at plant-based medicine? Yeah, so really everybody's different in what resonates with them um, or what they need from their garden or their sacred space. And so starting there, um, I usually talk to people about, you know, what they struggle with or what they want to come home to um, in creating their sanctuary. They can really design an experience for themselves. So colors evoke emotion, um, textures and movement and sound and fragrance. All of those things give us an intimate experience. And if it's designed really well, say, for me, um, I have a lot of blue in my home. It's really calming and soothing. Um, but I really like yellow, too, because it evokes joy. Um, and so some of my accents will be blue and yellow. But outside in the summertime, I tend to lean towards hot colors like red um, because it, it's a hot and, and passionate. And there's, there's things about certain colors and different types of the year. Um, and, and with plants specifically, we can design, uh, it's almost like a symphony. I think of gardening as like the slowest of the art forms of things. Um, we can, we can take a plant in the early spring yellow and it gets us excited about the new growth. Um, and towards the end of the season when things are dry, if we have blues and pinks and more subdued colors, um, it's more calming for us. So you can really design and tailor the experience you have with colors and all these things. I have a water feature in my backyard, which is a double for wildlife feature. Um, a lot of birds and bees and uh, critters use it, but it's also very soothing to me. Um, and it, it's amplified just enough to where it covers up any noise from my neighbors um, mm -hmm. and helps me feel at peace just hearing running water. Um, yeah. But it also invites all these other... Uh, winged creatures especially, which adds a lot of ecological harmony to the space. And, and there's been some studies showing that uh, when there's birds singing, it soothes our uh, nervous system because we know we're safe. 
because birds don't sing if it's not safe. Yeah. Um, so creating that sanctuary both for ourselves and for wildlife and bringing all of these elements together, we really get to design an experience for ourselves. Um, it does take some work and some planning, which is why the book was put together, um, because there's a lot of steps to take and there's a lot of little things to kind of consider rather than just going to the store and buying plants that call to you. Um, yeah. Because sometimes when you put all that together, it doesn't work or flow the same way um, as when you're really intentional about it and um, go through a process with, with uh, meditation and guidance um, and more thoughtful. Yeah, I was really struck by in the book, um, you know, when I got to the part in the book uh, where I think you referenced it as, uh, of course, I can't find it right now, whole systems, because I, 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 I am a whole systems psych, psychology person, right? I studied whole systems in organizations. So when I turned to this, I was like, well, what, well, whole systems research firm, what's that? And mm-hmm. I love the idea of talking about a whole system. Okay. That really leads me to whole systems of something that in today's world, more people need to be talking about it in ancient evolution of our species. Without it, we would have been eliminated. And that is looking at uh, botanical alchemy, you know, looking at plant-based medicine. And I really am struck by this because I have a friend that's trying to save the Amazon and what's happening down there is just shocking to me. But here we live in a world where my health today was based on discovering a number of these these sacred plants as well as these medicinal plants. Here's the question for you. What is your top three? If I put you on the spot, thank you, I just did it. (laughs) On the spot. And I had to say, given where you are today, plant-based medicine, what's your top three? We'll compare notes. Okay, so number one uh, is mugwort. Um, That is probably always going to be my number one. there's there's so many it's like hard to even think about narrowing it down um number two i I think just so people can relate i would say lavender Um, lavender has a lot of really wonderful constituents that make it very useful and it's also very accessible to uh, most people whereas mugwort not a lot of people have heard about or or, are used in their daily lives and then another one i think that I'm really, especially right now, I go through phases, I think. Um, yeah. I'm really in love with uh, raspberry leaf. So most people don't know, um, you know, that the raspberry, the berry we love so much, the leaf is extremely powerful, especially for women. I don't think, I think you're right. We don't really look at that in that way. Um, and, you know, when we talk about these, let's get into a conversation about Uh, And Benny, we'll go ahead and skip the break. Let's get into a conversation about what the statement I made. See, you know, I'm not you, so I don't have the vast range of knowledge. But here's what I, I use a little common sense. Common sense tells me that man, woman, living on this earth, go back as many gazillion years as you want to go, had to discover some of the mystery of plant-based medicine 
in order to have our species move forward. And now, I, albeit I'm saying that, I do know from, um, you, you know, my time with fabulous indigenous peoples and tribes that it was trial and error. And what I mean by that, some things worked and some things killed you. Uh, and they made good note of those things. But when I looked at some of the emotional and mental and the section in the book that you put together here about keeping your brain healthy, I was super struck by this because many books don't cover it. So I want to go to this table in your book. Uh, uh, ashwagandha, for example. Mm -hmm. My favorite word, Benny, are you ready? My favorite word I learned maybe 10 years ago about maca root was adaptogen. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about some of the, some of these that you listed here and their accessi accessibility to the public. Can we talk about a few of these if you don't mind? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, let's start with uh, ashwagandha. Right. I don't okay. even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah, you go. <laughs> OK, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I looked at it and, you know, I, I got hooked on it, you know, not too long ago because I did start to play a sport, but I needed energy. I needed concentration. Tell mm -hmm. us how effective it is for that. Um, I think it's really effective. It, so adaptogens, so people know, help the nervous system in numerous ways. And one of the ways that I like to use them is it um, helps us through stress. Um, whether it's physical or mental or any kind of stress that we're put under. And, and sports would be in that category because um, it's physical stress on our body. But they help us adapt, hence the word adaptogen. Um, the accessibility of this plant, now, it's not a common gardening plant. Right. So um, here in the Northwest in particular, you have to really source it out, find it. Um, there's Best Fear University is in our back, you know, yeah. in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, they have a plant sale uh, coming up soon, and they, they're one of the only sources I know of that sells ashwagandha starch. But they're not hardy here, so they only grow one season. Um, last year, I grew several plants, and I was doing a test. Um, my friend who works the best here said they like to have really deep soil, and they prefer to be in containers versus the ground, where they run into a lot of compaction and rocks, yeah. for example. And so I found that to be true, and at the end of the season, I dug them up and I harvested the roots. By the time you harvest the roots, if it's only been growing one year, turn it into powder, capsulated form, um, you don't get very much. <laughs> right. I probably have like six plants or so. And so this plant has become very sacred to me, and like, I'm only going to take it when I really feel like I need it. Um, you can mm -hmm. buy these herbs in you know different forms all over the place. And yeah. one of the big questions that I always ask people is, do you know where it comes from? Do you know how it's grown? Because plant medicine is, is most effective um, when the plant's been treated really well. Um, hence, you know, the, the medicine aspect of it and, and the energetics of it, if it's being grown in um, conditions where there's chemicals used or synthetics to add nutrients into the soil, uh, that's the medicine that you're actually taking up. So you want to be really careful about where this stuff is sourced from. Um, and anything coming from another country, it may or may not be organic. Um, so it's, it's really important to look at that. But that's, that's one plant that I find um, 
And there, there's a lot of adaptogens that people are really excited about. Um, it, but they're, hard, they're usually harder to come by. Um, many of them are from the Ayurvedic um, medicine school where uh, they're, they're herbs grown in India or in, in other warmer regions. So in a temperate climate, they're hard to grow, so they're not super accessible. Um, but there's a lot that we can grow here, and um, one that I would, I would put in my top five probably that <clears throat> is super accessible and may not technically be an adaptogen, but it does similar things, is lemon balm. And lemon balm has become one of my favorite plants. Um, it's really good for anxiety, <clears throat> and it calms the nervous system. Um, it's easy, easy, easy to grow. Like most people consider it a weed in their garden. And in fact, many of the weeds that we have growing in our backyard, there's some of the most powerful medicine, and we know where they come from. They're free. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to me to introduce people to the plants that they already have a relationship with, um, whether or not it's positive. Uh, a lot of my um, education to people is teaching them to learn how to love weeds. Yeah. They are so powerful. Um, dandelion is an example. And, yes. Um, dandelion root, you know, you can buy that in the store. Um, pretty, it, that one's pretty accessible, but think about how many dandelions, and especially right now when they're so vibrant, they're just starting to bloom. They're the first food for bees. Uh, beautiful flowers. And they're right in our own backyard in our own neighborhood. <clears throat> and people could be using the root to box. Um, right now um, and not having to even go to the store but it gets you to understand nature a little bit better and start to look for these things and ask you know what plants are my allies um, usually they you have them already in the backyard so <clears throat> that's something that I really encourage people to look at is identifying what you already have researching it learning about it I have a section of the book about the wisdom of weeds and really point people in that direction because they're some of the most important medicines that's out there. Um, and when we make it ourselves, that's even more potent. Um, and we can we can get a lot of healing out of our, our environment without having to leave or order something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I got a question from one of our listeners just texted me and asked if you could spell, not dandelion, but if you could spell what you previously mentioned. Ashwagandha, or no, not ashwagandha. The first weed that you said was your favorite. Oh, lemon balm. Lemon balm. There we go. Lemon. I thought that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you. I love the section that you wrote in the book, the wisdom of weeds. You know, it's kind of fascinating. Do you think, if you want to go back like thousands of years, let's just say like that, do you think that they sat around a fire and they said, "Oh, that's a weed"? Do you think that they did that? <laughs> no, I don't think they did. I don't think they no, did. I, I don't think they looked no. around and said, oh, that's a weed, right? No, I think that was a, a construct of um, modern-day modern humans. And um, I always ask people, where did you learn that this was a weed? Because in some cultures, the plants that we call weeds are actually very valuable medicine. Um, and so it really depends on where we learn that. That perspective can be so powerful. Yeah. Um, and it's also a cause of massive pollution. If you really look at what come of corporations labeling these as weeds, um, millions and millions of pounds of pesticides are applied at this time every year to kill dandelions uh, because I know of advertisement it. and marketing. 
And that is, is horrible for all of us. Um, I know. So I know. The perspective know. to me is really important to shift and to understand what, what are the plant's purpose? Um, what is it doing ecologically? How can it help us? And uh, how do we use it? Because almost every single plant can be valuable in one way or another to us. What you're talking about, this brings me to, you know, something I've been waiting to ask you about. Two things I want to say. And yes, uh, thank you, Janet, for reminding me right in our own backyard, our friend Katya Urban Wellness. Folks, you know, she's been a regular on the show, Urban Wellness in Kirkland. You know what? That that's what I want to say. Okay, here's a question that popped in. And they heard me talk about this before because I am so, like, not the person to talk about this. I got, like, all of a sudden interested in something called neem, N-E-E-M. Neem oil, right? Mm -hmm. Neem this, neem that. Very little, I know very little about it. But what is it about this particular thing or this particular, let's call it medicine, that I wonder what my body needs from it? Beyond that, plants, it does this whole bunch of things. Can you educate us a little bit about neem neem oil and why it's become so popular all of a sudden? Well, I've I've never used it um, with my body, um, so I'll just say that up front so I don't have experience with it in that realm um, I know it as a pesticide yes so um, that's something that um, I know from experience you have to be careful when you're yep. using it it comes from a tree um, yep. it's not 100% safe because right. any chemical from a plant um, whether it's natural or not can be harmful with the incorrect dosage um, so I, when anybody asks me about neem, I usually tell them to proceed with caution and do as much exactly. research as possible um, before they, they use it, whether it's plants or on themselves. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous. I know there's lots of studies that are being done and, and um, new information coming out, but because it's such a potent pesticide, um, it makes me nervous. And, yeah, you don't uh, you, you don't take it by mouth. Let's just be very clear about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. So let, let, let's just clear the slate right here for those of you that are asking about neem. Uh, let's just be really clear. Serious yeah, and, side effects. And so and, we just want to say on the show, do reading. Uh, yeah. What is it that it's used for? It's exactly like you said. You can put it on some plants. I think it gets rid of fungus. Uh, I think at one point I had a foot doctor tell me to put it on a fungus toenail or some ridiculous thing. But the point mm-hmm. is that something that gets as popular as this seems to be getting, you really need to do your homework. Yeah. I, I think everything we should do our homework with when it's new to us, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of solutions. Like if there's a symptom or a problem that we have, there's a lot of solutions. And generally um, we have options to choose from. And so starting with, uh, some really safe medicines, and I I try to list them out like the the ones that are safe for kids and pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to start. Um, yeah, with certain things like neem oil are used for like 
fleas, for example. There's a lot of other things that we can use for fleas um, rather than insecticides. Um, and so looking at your options, weighing the pros and cons, um, that's really important to do ahead of time as homework. Yep. And um, not having this, buying this stuff and not following directions also. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of products that come out and I think people get excited about the possibility and then might run into some issues. Um, it even happens with herbal um, remedies where they yes. take too much or they mix them um, or their body just rejects rejects it. And not everybody has the same reaction with every single plant medicine. And yeah. so starting slow, doing homework um, are all really important factors of, of doing this. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say, just to be clear with everybody out here, you know, what you're hearing Jesse and I talk about is because we've had personal experience with them. But here's the key. I never do anything without my without Dr. Darvish or Dr. Ronnie. I mean, this is really when you enter this realm outside of what Jesse has put in her book. You really want to pay attention. The thing I love about this, and I know that we're, we're wrapping up, is you also created parts of the book for people to have an introduction to making medicines. So I want to thank you. I want to ask you, how can we get a copy of the book? What's your personal message? And I hope you'll come back. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you can find the book or me at nwbloom.com or jessiebloom.com, um, spelled J-E-S-S-I or any of the major social media um, platforms. Um, and I, I think what I, I want to leave people with is be a good steward of, of not only yourself, but your environment and, and doing that using as many natural uh, products or techniques as possible and really being mindful about the ecosystem that we find ourselves in, whether it's home, our kitchen, um, our community, and, and take good care of it. Wow. Jesse, thank you so much. I love the book. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And again, uh, folks, Jesse's going to be at East West Books. We're going to make sure you know about that. A lot covered in here. This is a book not only you want to get for yourself, but for your friends, because you can take the journey together. We're going to take a short break. We're not done yet. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.